Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, Episode 21, Attention Deficit. Uh, content warning. We're obligated to tell you before we start that this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. You might not like all the words we use or the ideas we bring up. If you're sensitive about these things, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. It's okay. We still love you. Uh, what, what's this podcast about? This episode is about attention deficit, not ADD, because we're not clinical anything. We're not doctors. I think we've proven that over 20 episodes. (laughs) I think leaving the disorder part off also gets us into territory we can both talk about without offending people who have real diagnoses of a disorder. And okay, and I'm not I don't I mean, like I have attention deficit and there are times I wish I could pay better attention to things. But also, I think my attention deficit is sometimes useful. So I don't want to talk about it like it's a disorder. (laughs) Well, um, I guess I guess we should preface the episode by saying, uh, I reached out at 8.30. We generally record at 8.30 in the morning, West Coast time, every Tuesday. And I reached out to Robot this morning and said, all right, I'm ready to go whenever you are. And he FaceTimed me back, and he was walking his dog in the woods and said, I forgot. So even though we've been doing this, we've been doing this for 21 episodes. And but I mean, I'm not criticizing. I forget what day it is all the time also. And uh, like just have terrible time management. However, that being said, I am always on time. I just happen to be on time like a day early or a day later (laughs) because I can never remember what day it is. Yeah, Uh, I I don't know. I can't say I, I was tested when I was in ninth grade for ADD and ADHD. And it came back that I didn't have it. But I feel like the spectrum has broadened considerably. Um, And there was a point in time where my uh, ex asked me if I'd been tested for ADHD. And I was like, what are you talking about? I, I can sit and paint for eight hours at a stretch. I don't, you know, like not really understanding the, 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 how broad the definition of it was. I started doing over the course of the last year, I've done a little bit of investigation and it turns out according to <laughs> the internet, which is <laughs> rarely wrong. <laughs> right. According to the internet, I am like right in the center of ADHD land. Yeah. I think, I think I probably am too. And I think that, 
there are a lot of misconceptions. Like you can sit and paint for a long time. But I think the type of task you do matters. Right? Mm, well, just, I mean, sometimes. So this is, and uh, forgive me if there's some feedback noise. Uh, there's somebody, I think, with a snowblower outside. Um, so I found this graphic and it's just called the, the ADHD iceberg and it's what people think ADHD is. And that's the top of the iceberg. Yeah. Uh, those two things are uh, trouble focusing and fidgeting. Yeah. And then it says what ADHD actually is. And like looking at this graphic, I was like, uh, yes, 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 no, no, yes, yes, yes. I mean, it was, you know, it's like 15 things that totally made sense. One of which was difficulty switching tasks or inability to stick to one. And Mm. I was, I mean, from forever, like if I'm focused on a thing, I don't care what it is. If it's something that I like doing, it's something that I don't like doing. If you come along and tell me, um, Hey, can you, stop what you're doing and go to this other thing. I just, I buckle like it just, I can't do it. And it's always been like that. See, I have a thing where, and I have strategies. I think like I've developed, you know, a lifestyle around how I am. So I have, um, I have a, I keep a to-do list cause I, cause I can't, can't remember what right. I'm supposed to do. Right. And I make a point of writing Everything I can think of on the list, no matter how unimportant. And part of that is I I don't stay on task. So if I have like clean the kitchen, write an article, walk the dog, I just I have a habit of starting three or four things. And then I kind of bounce around and um, it's not great in the sense of like, if you really want to get one specific thing done, it's not great, but it's pretty great if you want to get a ton of stuff done because I am, I will work relentlessly. Like you and I have talked about this. You're a very hardworking person. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, when you get to work, you, you will work your ass off you. And the thing is I'm the same way. So if I just make sure as I like, as my brain like bounces from thing to thing that I have enough productive things to do, I get a lot done. I just don't get them done in the order that other people might get them done in. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's for sure relatable. And, and, you know, then there's like, I think I've referenced this before. Um, I used to be particularly bad about this. It's, I'm a little bit better about it now, but I'd start vacuuming and I would put music on. And then I would have to like, and then I'd be like mid vacuuming. I would clean one room and then I would change the music. And then I would like dick around on my phone for a second. And then I'd like wander in and return an email and then I'd get back to vacuuming. So in, you know, I could vacuum my house in probably 15 minutes if I just stuck to vacuuming my house, but it's just, I don't know if it's because I'm bored or I, I also have this thing where I, it will occur to me at like 10 o'clock at night that I forgot to do something or there was something that I needed that I wanted to do or an email that I needed to send or something. And then I'll like, I will become laser focused on getting that one thing done because chances are, I won't remember tomorrow or the next day. And then yeah. I'll remember at some other inopportune time. So I'm constantly 
like maybe I don't work that hard. It just looks like I'm working hard <laughs> because I'm constantly fucking doing shit because I can't stay on task like through. I just get I get bored, you know? Yeah. I my mind has a hard time settling unless the thing I'm doing is really engrossing. So like if yeah. I'm writing something and I'm into it, I can be there. I can take it all the way to the end and I can yeah. do good work. And I think this is probably the same for you with painting, right? Like painting demands a lot of concentration. Mm-hmm. Once you get into it, you're all the way in and you can stay there. I mean, the, the few times that you've missed the podcast, you've been like, oh, I was painting and I lost track of time. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's also, um, it's also, uh, I feel like the, the, I don't know how this exactly relates to the conversation, but it's just something that I was thinking about. As long as we're talking about ADD and ADHD, I should also note that I will, uh, I will jump off course and meander in some like wild non sequitur. Right. Um, but the internet really fucked me up. Like the internet's fucked me up. Absolutely. The, it's fucked you, everybody up. It's fucked everybody up. And I knew yeah. at one point, like I couldn't concentrate on paintings anymore because I was constantly like returning to my phone or like, well, I feel, maybe I need to check Twitter to see what has happened, you know? Yeah. And uh, I had a and I, an exercise I engaged in a few years ago where I started building model cars and I was able to like, it was like the hold that these model cars had over me was insane. And I would, I would go downstairs to, to drop off a load of laundry and then I'd like glance over and see the, see the motor. And I was like, and then I'd be fucking painting the, uh, the fan bolts with like the tip of a piece of wire. And two hours, three hours later, I would come back upstairs, you know, and, and be like, I just got sucked into a wormhole. But point being is that I was able to kind of break the trance that that short attention span uh, uh, veil that the Internet had created. And I was then able to go back into my studio and I didn't have any problem focusing. I mean, it was a fun exercise uh, and sort of experiment. And I ended up with a bunch of pretty cool model cars out of the deal. But that was the thing that I needed it was it's like a trance i don't know it's like the internet has it's cast a spell over everybody and for me it has adversely affected my ability to focus absolutely i have that same thing too and i find that like if i don't touch it the internet if i don't touch it i'm pretty good yeah but as soon as i touch it it casts its spell and then even if i break away it pulls me back yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. It's, 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 uh, it's gnarly. It, it's damaging in a host of ways, but I can only imagine how much more destructive it is for a developing brain. Yeah. You know, like we're adults, we are as developed as we're going to be for better or for worse. Yeah. But you know, at, at 12 years old or 13 years old, when your brain is still growing into what eventually will be its fully formed self, 
you are bombarded with all of this shit and all this constant stimulus and, you know, short attention span is, was bad. I was, that was a challenge for me and I didn't grow up with the internet. Right. I can only imagine how much more fucked up I'd be if that was a component in my reality. I think that's true. At the same time, I think that people like us, we, you know, like you were talking about the, the other questions that, you know, like the, the, what ADD, ADHD really is. And I was like, uh, Oh yeah. Are the other questions things like you like loud me? Do you like loud music? Do you skateboard? Do you, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because I, I think, um, I think people like us gravitate toward certain things. I was watching this movie that's on Netflix right now, The Alpinist. Have you seen that film? Yeah. Yeah. No. When he talks about going from kindergarten to first grade. Yeah. That just so anybody who has not seen The Alpinist, it's a it's a must see. Like this kid is brilliant and utterly dysfunctional, but perfect in every way. Um, right. But when he talks about like kindergarten was just playing and reading books and taking naps and stuff. And then first grade comes along and then you are forced to sit at a desk and you're forced to do times tables and or t- uh, t- times tests and time, t- time, time tests, times, times <laughs> tests, times, times tests could be a thing. I don't remember. Yeah. You know where you've got, I remember vividly there was like seven edition problems and we had whatever a minute to do it and it i fucking choked but kindergarten was way harder for me than it was for that kid even because i remember also very vividly getting into the car after my first day of kindergarten i'm six fucking years old and my mom was like how's how is your first day of school and i said when do i not have to do this anymore (laughs) and she said the state requires you to be in school until you're 16. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. (laughs) And probably didn't say it that way, but but I was like, you know, like, okay, I want to quit then. And she said, but as long as you live in the house, you have to graduate high school. You have to see it through. Yeah. And it was just like, it's like a jail sentence. And it was pulling teeth every goddamn day until my last semester of high school when I had three free periods, two photography classes <laughs> and like an art class and a math class. And I was in remedial math. So that wasn't any big deal. Uh, but it just fucking, I, every, I love that movie and I loved his perspective on how we are trained essentially to sit at a desk and do what we're told, stand up for the pledge of allegiance, take your fucking hat off, Go to lunch when you're supposed to go to lunch. Come back when you're supposed to come back. It's a dragnet. You know, you're trying to you're trying to develop a curriculum that is going to positively affect and speak to and and nurture 35 kids in a class or 40 kids in a class. And you you might catch four kids with that curriculum and everybody else is just in the wind. (laughs) My mom was a teacher and she was talking about testing one of her students for special education. And she didn't tell me this until years later. I mean, I was probably in my thirties when she told me this story and the parents said, we don't want our kid labeled special education. And she said, if my 
kid hadn't been labeled special education, best case scenario, he would have dropped out. Worst case scenario, he would have committed suicide. And I don't think she, I didn't know how fucking destitute. I mean, I was, I was, I was broken, you know? Um, I don't, I didn't think she knew how damaged I was or I felt that I was and it's affected me into adulthood. You know, it's, this is, this is so gnarly. This is the, it was, it's a super interesting topic to me, but because my parents were educators and my sister was a straight A student, I felt like, like damaged goods. I couldn't tell time. I couldn't sit in school. I didn't want to do anything but just play in the woods and draw. And it wasn't because I was incapable of it. I'm only realizing in the last decade probably that I'm actually really fucking smart. I just don't fit into that mold. I never did. Right. And that's okay. But I wasn't, I didn't know that until long after the fact. Right. And that's definitely not the mess. Those aren't the messages you get. I don't no. want to. I don't want to use the word society, but th- that's not what society tells you, right? Uh. Uh-uh. No. Yeah, I, my my experience is slightly different in that, uh, like a timed test was really good for me. I could finish a timed test faster than anyone. I was always first done. I remember I took the SAT before I went to college, and I yeah, was but all done. The answers were wrong. Well, a lot of them were right, and I didn't go back and check over them because I didn't, you know, like that was painful. But like if you needed my brain, if you need my brain to move very, very quickly, I can move very, very quickly. I don't move very carefully. Um, and I don't care to go back and I'm not. I'm not um, methodical. I'm not. But I'm like. My mind doesn't want to stay on any problem very long. It's like bang, but like mm-hmm. answered, 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 answered. Okay, I'm done. I remember like putting my pencil down for the SAT and looking around and nobody else, everyone else was doing this thing. And they were still, pencils were still going like 20 minutes after I finished. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, that adds a whole different kind of pressure. Cause then you're like, what did I forget? Or I have to have gotten everything wrong. I mean, at least that's how. No, no. See, I didn't care. I didn't care. Uh-huh. I did. I did well in school until the subject matter required more than like four minutes to absorb. Like everything that I could <laughs> absorb very quickly, I absorbed very quickly. But I remember being in a math class, actually my senior year, which I ended up dropping because I was going to fail it. And the teacher and and like I had all these other hallmarks, like if someone was going to disturb class by saying something shitty at the wrong moment, it was going to be me. (laughs) Like all the notes home to my parents were John is a very clever boy, but he is often disruptive if he could just keep (laughs) his mouth shut. So so I did really well in school until school got like vaguely difficult. And then I was like. Oh, well, I can't do math. Yeah. Or like, that's all the math I'm going to know. I can't do that in my if I can't do it in my head. And like, I can do really I can do pretty complicated math in my head. But if I need a pencil, I'm probably fucked. 
because, and the thing is, when I was young, I didn't care at all. I didn't care. I wasn't like, um, I, I cared in the sense that people were going to be bummed out with me if I didn't get good grades. Yeah. But for myself, I didn't care. Yeah. I, yeah, I can totally relate to that. It was later in life that like in college I got, I came around, I, I, I developed some better habits in college that allowed me to process more complicated information in my own style. Like I, I, I realized at some point that if I just went to all the classes and took notes, it was hard, but took notes during the class. I could then pay attention to what the person was saying because I was trying to write it down. Right. And then after that, I didn't have to study at all because my, I, w- I had already, that was it. So I ended up doing really well in college because I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I could regurgitate or I could do whatever with it. But if it was, if it was like, just sit here and try to absorb it ambiently, like that's not going to happen because you're boring. Right. Hey, you know, okay, so this kind of reminds me. Have you ever seen babies mimic people talking? Like they don't know how to talk. Right. Obviously, because they're babies, but they sit there and they kind of make the sounds and make the like it looks like they're talking, but they're just they're not saying anything. Sure. When I would take notes, it was like a baby (laughs) pretending to talk because I would sit there and take notes and like writing and looking around and everybody else is doing the same thing and I'm writing and then I would look at my notes and I would have. I mean, it'd be shit that the teacher said, but that was just absolutely irrelevant to whatever topic we were trying to learn about. I would be writing uh, anecdotal, um, just nonsense. It was just nonsense. And, And so that never that never helped me either. I honestly, I'm probably the world's worst student. And the fact that I was able to graduate from high school and then graduate from college is nothing short of a fucking miracle. You're talking yourself down. First of all, you're not the world's worst, stu- worst student because you wouldn't have been able to do what you did, what you just said, if you were the world's worst student. Um, second, I don't think it's a miracle. I think you're a hardworking, smart person who figured it out. And I actually think, I don't want to talk about my own kids because they're kids and they shouldn't be talked about, but... I will say that um, people like us develop our own strategies to get by. Right. Well, I mean, it's survival. Yeah. But other people don't have that challenge. Other people, the courses are designed for them. The tests are designed for them. And that doesn't make them bad people. That's just how it is. Like my, one of my kids said to me, like, oh, you know, like I can't do this in school and I can't do that in school. And I don't know if this is great. And I was like, here's the thing. The world is designed for people like that, you know, that aren't like us. But it's crucial for people like us to figure out how to get by in that yeah. world. You're going to have to learn how to interact with or people who are organized and methodical. <laughs> right. Um, it's, so, it's, it really, it makes you, it makes you additionally adaptable. I think so. I think. So, but man, it, it doesn't come without its fucking neuroses and 
lifelong challenges. So no, it comes along with shame, unfortunately. Yeah. But but the upside, um, and this we're into question two now. I think question two for today is how do you think your attention deficit affects what you do in your life in either a positive or negative way? I actually think that the way our brains work is an asset for the things that we choose to do. Well, we sort of invented careers for ourselves based on strengths, you know, like there's no fucking way I could have gone into, I could be doing anything else. I had, again, it was a matter of survival. Like I invented a job for myself because I, I need to make a living and I can't do it any other way that, you know, it just doesn't make me want to fucking blow my brains out. I I do. I want to add one little funny thing. When I was a kid, I didn't know what, like I'd hear my parents talking about the special ed program at my elementary school. I wasn't staffed with a learning disability until I was in seventh grade. So I wasn't a part of special education in elementary school, but there was a kid named Kevin wing who is is super sweet kid. Uh, He had down syndrome and he was just sort of a, constant figure. Like I'd see him from the time I was really small till the time I was in probably fifth or sixth grade. And I didn't ever know what grade he was in. He was just always present and walking around and like he wasn't in my class, but I didn't know whose class he was in. He was just always there and he was super funny. And when I would hear my parents talk about special ed, I thought they were talking about Kevin. Like when I was really little, like I thought his name was Ed. (laughs) (laughs) but by the time i got into like fifth grade i guess i was like oh kevin okay kevin is not you know and then it began to making a little bit more sense once i was actually in special education myself special edward yeah special edward dude was hilarious uh okay so uh knowing we both struggle memory and focus uh yeah yeah, I think my memory and focus has actually probably gotten worse over the course of the last couple of years, but I'm also saddled with a, a lot more stuff, you know, like, <clears throat> uh, not as, so the downside of having invented my own job is that I don't really have to know what day it is. And because it's always kind of Monday or Saturday, depending on you know, yeah, maybe I don't want to work today, so I'm not going to work today, but I'll just work double time tomorrow. And there have been times when I've been at my desk for 10 hours, like whether it's ordering new product or returning emails or writing content or whatever it is. And it's all manageable. It's not like I'm, you know, being whipped and, and forced chained to my desk or anything, but the you know the the reality is is that i don't leave from sun up until sundown and one of the things in adhd that in this iceberg describes it as forgetting to eat or forgetting to use the bathroom and yeah. i will did like do that all day long um yeah uh but um i ended up like as long as i have a day planner I've been trying, I've bought day planners at the beginning of every year for the last five years. And I'm only now beginning to use them. I always had a big wall calendar and I had everything written on that. And I checked the wall calendar fucking, or I checked my day planner like 
10 times a day. And there's a funny thing. Amanda K. Bryan and I were going to go to my parents on a Thursday night to play dominoes. It was going to be like, like game night. That's on Thursday night. And I look at the calendar and it says I had a massage at three scheduled and game night at six or whatever. And these are the two fucking things I have written down for Thursday. And I call Amanda on Wednesday and I'm like, Hey, you down for game night tonight? And she's like, dude, that's tomorrow night. And I was like, Oh shit. Right. It says it right here. Thursday. Today's Wednesday. Game night's Thursday. Looked at the calendar, got a massage scheduled at three. Where the fuck do you think I immediately went right after that? (laughs) was the fucking massage studio. And I'm like, Hey, I'm here for my three o'clock. And they're like, dude, that's not until tomorrow. (laughs) Like, I just can't, I just can't do it. Yeah. I'm just not built for it. I I'm, I'm laughing because I hung up my wall calendar just the other day, the 2022. (laughs) But I also have that problem where my wife is like, remember the kids have to be at the doctor at three o'clock today. And it's like, she's helping me. It's like 10 a.m. She's like, I've waited till the day and I'm telling you what needs to happen. And it's five hours from now. But I have this problem where everything that's in the future remains in the future. Uh huh. Like, I can't conceive of the present and the future actually ever colliding. Yeah. yeah so she's yeah, yeah. like. She's like, the kids have to be at the doctor at three. I'm like, cool, I'm on it. She goes off and does her very productive, very organized work. Then at like 2.40, she goes, shouldn't you be headed to the doctor? And I look at the clock and I'm like, I look back at her. And she goes, the kids have a doctor's appointment? I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So I, you know, I tear ass across town. But that's, that's a, like, that's, that's a problem I have where it, um, we're talking over each other. That's the thing I have where it's like, oh, that's happening on Wednesday. Well, Wednesday is later. And as far as I'm yeah. concerned, it'll always be later. That's another thing that was described in that iceberg is bad time management. And yeah. I followed a like ADHD on Twitter. And there's an 80 AD, like living with ADHD Instagram feed that I found. And there are there are people who are like, <clears throat> yeah, I have a thing at three o'clock and it's 10 o'clock in the morning right now. And I have a thing to do at three o'clock and I cannot do anything between now and three yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that's, an, that's something else that I've learned about in the last few months that like, absolutely. I can't, I can't fucking, I can't go meet you for lunch. I've got a thing to do three hours after you want to meet for lunch. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. it's so fucked. It's yeah. so fucked. I don't, I don't understand. I, but- and, you know, but it's positive too. You've created your own career um, and you've managed your own career. I mean, I always yeah. think that when I think about you, I'm like, that's a guy who paints serial killer clowns and writes a thing. And like, he's, but people are inspired by this is what I think. I think that people who think the way we do are creative. And, you know, there's a lot of like uh, energy that comes out. Uh, think about John, John Cardiel talking about the energy at a skate spot and how he just love like you want to get in and get a piece of that energy because it'll carry yeah. you forward and help you do great things. I think that's what people like us 
put out. I'm sounding like a total. This sounds like bragging. I don't mean it that way. I just mean that like the people who I do stuff with get a lot of energy from my like frenetic ideas and other my approach to shit. My willingness to be like, yeah, let's just jump off of that and see what happens. <laughs> um, it does. I mean, it does sound a little boastful, but also I'm trying to be more mindful. I mean, I just said I was the world's worst student, so I was being a little self-deprecating there. But I was I was really lucky. My point was that I was really lucky to get out of both high school and college because it was I worked 10 times harder than everybody else did just at like trying to keep my fucking feet on the ground and my ass in the chair. Um, but I think it's okay to recognize your own benefits. There's a really good article that came out in psychology today a few years ago. And I carried this issue of the magazine around with me for like a year and a half. Cause I couldn't, I had to read it so many times. It was just about silencing your inner critic. I think that's the name of the article. And why we're so much harder on ourselves <clears throat> than we are on anybody else. You know, we hold ourselves to a higher standard and we talk all kinds of shit like it somehow lights a fire under us. And, um, you know, to be able to acknowledge your own worth and to say, uh, yeah, we do benefit. You know, the stuff the stuff I do does benefit other people and it's not. And I think I'm pretty good at the stuff I do. I'm not the best at the stuff I do, but I'm really good at, I'm really good at some of it. And so you wouldn't be able to make, people a, are gonna, you wouldn't sorry. be able to make a living if you weren't good at it. Mm, no, I think you're, you're, well, you're right. I, my initial response was almost, um, I think people just feel sorry for <laughs> People just feel sorry for me, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, old, uh, that's old habits. That's like old voice. And it's a, yeah. a joke, but then you fucking put the goddamn vibrations out. And even if you're joking, like there's a kernel of truth to that. And you're kind of forming these neural pathways where you're, you talk shit enough. You begin to believe it, even if you're kidding. And that was my defense mechanism because I needed to cut myself off at the knees before anybody had else had a chance to like that was my that was my fucking shield and then right. it got to a point where i i believed it it's internally really seriously and chris de stefano uh cd sent me an email one time that i printed out it was he was like maybe you gotta fucking give yourself a break you know you talk more shit about yourself than anybody i know and it's not very becoming yeah I get it. I think yeah. that's right. I get it. I get it. I do it too. Um, I do it too. But, and this is kind of what I was trying to get at with this whole topic today, was recognizing that the way my mind works isn't exactly like other people's works. And it comes with some challenges based on how the world is organized. But I think it's pretty fucking great. That's you being your own parent. You know, that's the kind of thing that you would tell your kid. Yeah. Well, I have kids, so I've had to, <laughs> I had to say this stuff. But I think it's also a survival. This is survival stuff, 
Um, this is like um, convincing yourself that you have worth. I'm a, I'm gonna turn fifty uh, on Friday. And I think I think like when you get to f- I don't know it, it I'm not there's no real number to put on this, but you get to a certain point in your life and you have to be convinced that you have worth or else what? Yeah. Or else what? Right. When you're a kid, you're like, Oh, the future is all out in front of me. Um, but then at some point in your adulthood, you reach a point where you're like, what is my value? And if you don't have some kind of answer for that, you, you might be in trouble. I think there's a real, uh, primal, I think there's a real primal need to to make a mark, you know, whether it's yeah. uh, a cave, a cave person making paintings of their tribe uh, or the animals that they see or whatever, or graffiti kids or some. Fuck face millionaire putting buildings all over the place with his name on the top. Right. Not naming I, any names. I wish the building just said fuck face. Fuck face. <laughs> oh, have you been down to fuck face plaza? <laughs> oh, it's nice. They have a great Christmas tree. Like everybody wants to be, everybody wants to make a mark and everybody wants to be remembered for something, you know? I I think that that, that would be I think that's a real fear. I think uh maybe some some reason some people have kids uh to to leave some to have some kind of legacy. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and then you've got people who, you know, like it all, it generally happens to artists. I think I've, or at least I'm more aware of it happening to artists because <clears throat> that's a world that I pay attention to, but you've got people who die and then there are, you know, then everybody's like, Oh my God, this person had volumes and volumes of this incredible work that we discovered after they died. And then, of you know, of course they, fucking died because they froze to death in their basement apartment or whatever. Nobody, you know, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not an isolated scenario. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. What's my point? We all want to, we all want to leave something. Well, we all want to feel like we're, um, the world is reflecting value back at us. Right. Like, Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. We want to make, we, we want to make an impression of of our of our good or our, our worth. worth yeah i think that's yeah. right and i think i i, I think i'm worthwhile <clears throat> is that bragging <laughs> is uh, no, that bragging no. if i say i, I do, think i'm I do worthwhile too. no i do too and i would also just be doing this podcast by myself oh yeah at the very minimum <laughs> you add some depth <laughs> to this project I, you know, and for what it's worth, I think your solo podcast would be pretty successful. I'm not saying I'm not worthwhile in this context, but I do think just you. I actually, I like. Maybe we should start a secondary podcast where you just sit next to that shoe rack in your closet and just talk for an hour. Uh, as long as I, if I get a story, get a like push to tell a story, then I can, then I just wind me up and let me go. Yeah. You know, meander for an hour and forget what I'm saying at least six times through that hour. Uh, does ADHD or ADD or AD or ADH, however we're going to refer to it, are there obsessive compulsive components to that as well? I don't know. 
I got on this thing where I was doing everything four times. Mm. I would have to leave the kitchen in a certain way. I'd like my foot would land where the refrigerator ended. And then my other foot would land where the counter counter ended. And then my other foot would land right where the carpet, the linoleum met. And if I did that wrong, then I'd have to back up or I'd fucking brush it, the light, turn the light on and off four times or like that was, it kind of got to a fever pitch when I was probably in fifth grade. And I still, when I, it's wild. Maybe we've talked about this at some point, but when I start thinking about it, yeah, I get this fucking itch. Right. Like it's like I, it is a compulsion. Like I brush against something. I got to brush back twice forward once back once. And if I don't do it just right, it, and it's, you know, it, there are people who have it way worse than me. It just, it, I've realized it's a component of my existence. Do you think, I mean, I don't have the, that sort of behavior issue or whatever you want to call that. But I think like if you asked me how they relate, I would guess that when you when you have attention deficit, it's easy to feel out of control. Mm. Holy shit. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the fuck. Fuck. That's the thing. There was this. Yeah, that you you are controlling. If everything's out of control, the one thing you can control is how you fucking leave a kitchen or turn a light on and off or open right. closed drawers or whatever. Right. Yeah. Fuck. I totally forgot. I forgot about that. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's it. I think it's all like all of my strategies about to, to do lists and how I do things are about maintaining some kind of control because my brain moves very quickly. Mm-hmm. The reason I, I think the reason I like really loud, chaotic music is that it calms me down. It's like it matches what's going on in my brain. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. um, oh, lightning bolts, sense. vampire mountain or Dracula mountain, or whatever the name of that song is, matches what's <laughs> happening in my head. And now I feel calm. Now I feel in control. But I mean, most of what I do, most of the way I do things, my habits and all that stuff is about convincing myself i have control over what's happening yeah huh that's real interesting you remember the mountain biker named steve larson yeah that guy was as type a as they as i have ever known like dude and i think it was like a lot of people thought he was an asshole and maybe maybe it was justified because dealing with him was really difficult. Um, and I only had to interact with him real lightly. Uh, I knew his mechanic back in the Norba days, Norba circuit days. Um, but that guy was like hyper, like only specific people could be in the truck. Like he flipped out cause my bag was there and I went in, he was like, who the fuck is this guy? I mean, he's just like, he was so, but he was also kind of, I mean, he was like kind of a spike racing superstar. Like he focused all of that weird energy into becoming a great. And right. um, he didn't get picked for the nationals team. And he did this whole fucking performative bullshit. He got on the podium with a flag around his neck and all that stuff. Like he's just a kook. But um. Yeah, I was I was kind of wondered if he like how 
what what the music, what the sounds were like in his head that he was trying to drown out with all of that type A. Yeah. Extra, extra, extraness. Uh anyway, yeah. I think it I think it all I think it's all kind of applicable. I think it all applies to becoming uh what what am I trying to say? I think of like professional athletes, professional cyclists, professional anybody who who's at the top of the game. Like do they do that because they're driven or do they do that because they're, you know, they're are they driven because they're kind of running away from demons or trying to manage the noise, you know? I mean, let's go back to the alpinist. That guy is maybe the best, the greatest solo, you know, free solo climber in history. And you yeah, multidisciplinary. Right. Dude, that was the, that was the fucking thing. And he's chasing, 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 and he's relentless and he doesn't care. He's ignoring everyone else in his life. Right. Who, who is in the way of his doing his thing. Yeah. And is he chasing it? Like, I think he needs those things, those all consuming quests in order to feel in control of his life. Cause otherwise it's like, you know, nervous energy exploding out of a pressurized brain. Well, that other, that other free climber, uh, what's his name? Alex Honnold. Alex Honnold. Yeah, I think it's kind of the same thing for him. Like yeah. He, that, that guy's deep, deep on the spectrum. Brilliant <laughs> climber. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, those are two, those are two good examples. Yes. Let's go to question three. Okay. When you watch mm-hmm. skate videos or bike videos or whatever it is that entertains you, do you think you identify with the people in them? because they have the same type of attention deficit you do. And so all that shit that appeals to them also appeals, appeals to you. Uh, I actually don't have the attention to watch videos. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were texting last night and you were yeah. like, watch the, the creature gangrene video. Yeah. And the new creature video is really insane. That's 40, that's 50 minutes of yeah. banging and I was thinking about it this morning, actually, as I was walking around the woods, I was like, why does, is that video so good? It's because it's all money shots. Every, yeah. every trick it makes you go, what? And so it's very, it's, it's like pornographic in a way. Um, it's like shit you've never seen before. I mean, I watch it. I watch, I know you and I've talked about this before. We both to say that I don't have the attention span to watch videos. is not totally true. Cause I do see a lot I, I consume a lot of media but <clears throat> everything is in in it's it, everything is a fucking ender right. you know th- and that is to say like every video has the ender that's like the crescendo it's like the peak it's like the fucking every individual clip that you see of a skateboarder like they have their big ender the gnarliest and, trick and everything in that video is a fucking ender. It's insane. And the only reason, see, so my Christmas tradition is to eat a pizza, like go on a mountain bike ride and then eat some pizza and take a bath and watch the tired skateboard video, which is a hilarious, like it's the antithesis to the, to the, uh, creature video. 
Yeah. Because it's just a bunch of average Janes and Joes like doing, you know, I mean, and they're, they're all, I just, I love it. It it just makes me feel good because it's just pure fucking joy. <clears throat> but because that hadn't yet been released, I, I, wa- I did my Christmas day with the creature video and I was like, holy fucking shit. And by the time I was done with that one, then the tired video was available <laughs> on the Thrasher site. So I watched that and they are, they're perfect uh, accom- accompaniments to one another. They are both ends of the skating spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's funny is you were like, you should watch this gangrene video, this creature video. And I was like, you know what? I have it in my watch later, but it's too long. <laughs> That's why yeah. I didn't watch it. Yeah. But and then just, I started I mean, to watch it and I watched it in three parts because even though it was all awesome, I was like, oh my God, it's exhaustingly good. Yeah, it, it really is. And so when I worked at Swobo, Creature, Creature's part of the NHS umbrella, uh, Santa Cruz and OJ Wheels and all that shit. So Creature was right upstairs. Like Lee, who's like, I don't know, the art director, the fucking business company creature manager. I don't even know what his title would be, but he and I would like hang out frequently. He's a super cool guy, but creature was like a pretty small imprint at that point. And I, I always wonder, like I haven't seen him in a long time. I always wonder if this was what it has turned into was what his vision of it was or, or if it just developed organically, but it is the team is insanely yeah unprecedentedly talented yeah and yes this video is the fucking masterwork i think what i think so all the skating is great all the skating is great it looks good it's gnarly in the sense of uh like the risk to life and limb is high all the way through I find like the parts that I enjoy the most are kind of like them, them being psyched together after a trick. Yeah. Yeah. And then you always wonder, like, there's just a bunch of guys, you know, or a bunch of people like sitting in a parking lot and they're That's just sitting on it. curbs watching the thing and they're watching. And, you know, some of these people can get it, you know, bang it, you know, first try, second try. Like I've seen, I've seen Cody Lockwood skate in person and the guy is just flawless, you know, Milt Martinez. I've never seen skate in person, but that guy seems to be flawless. Colin, Colin Provost. Yeah. Like one of my favorite sort of young skateboarders, just a ripper. I just, uh, all of them anyway. um, So you God knows how long they've been sitting there watching this person throw themselves down a flight of stairs or whatever but when they finally nail it like it's just utter it's just pure jubilation you know and i'm with you i think it's i think it's a beautiful expression and they're like they're like hanging out that you know like i like that it's a the trick is great i like the tricks the tricks are great but what i really like is like oh look they set a fire in that parking lot (laughs) (laughs) I would have liked to set that fire. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like those are, that's how I relate to those videos. Cause I can't, I I don't skate. I couldn't skate like those guys. If you gave me a lifetime of Sundays to practice, that's fine. Um, But I like, I feel connected to those people because I understand their motivations. 
Yeah. Whether it's, it's, so I'm just keep reading this question over like, to identify with the people in them. I, I, I'm, I think I identify with them because we have a sort of a common understanding of, you know, I mean, I, I don't skate to that level. I, I've never, at my best, I was a shadow of what some of these kids are doing. Yeah. Um, but I love it as much as they do. And I know how good it feels to roll, you know, I dream about it. I've always loved it. I ha- I've never not had a skateboard since I was 13 years old. I just think it's, I think it's, it's just one of the brightest spots in my life. And I feel like I have less pressure to be good now than I did when I was 20. You know, there's a lot of pressure now. I'm just kind of like, fuck it, whatever. I got my, I got my five tricks that I do. And I love those. I bet I'm not, I'm, I love it more than I ever have. And I think like, that's what's relatable. I don't know. I, I think I see those people because I, I don't skate and I've never been anywhere close to any, whatever. I look like the tired skateboard video. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, some of the guys in the tired video, I'm like, that guy's got stuff. Look at that uh, there, guy. Uh, there's, it's just this year's, <laughs> the first year's and this year's are my favorite. I don't know what it, it's just. But they're, I mean, they could, there's, it's not, these people can't not skate. I mean, everybody, last year's, the ender was this dude trying one trick like 42 times. And then he finally sort of clumsily rides away from it, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's not pretty at all, but in a way it's, I think it's, it's like a ugly dog. It's so beautiful. uh, Yeah. It's so beautiful. But I th- I think also that I just like seeing the thing is that those people are all creative people mm-hmm. and they're all people who don't care about fitting in or measuring up in the traditional ways. So they're just like, I mean, the kids, the pro kids are are whatever they're living the dream because they got to be that ADD kid that made, you know, decent money, made a living at hanging out with their friends in a parking lot. But I think, you know, they, they produce a lot of like create for me, they produce, produce a lot of creative energy. And I relate to them in that way, in the sense that like, I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to put out too, even if I'm putting it out in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, now that we're like uh, just about at an hour, maybe that can be the takeaway is, you know, for anybody who's hearing this who might question it, like recognize that while this curse might uh, societal or this uh, quality might societally feel like a curse, it can also really be a blessing depending on how you process it and nurture it and maintain it or maybe it was process it maintain it and then nurture it i think energy and motivation are two of the most powerful things in my life and it doesn't matter what you're trying to do right like if you're trying to do particle physics you need to be motivated and find the energy to do particle physics so i think if you're a person who creates motivation and energy for other people uh, you have a huge value. 
And okay. I think the folks with attention deficit are doing that because they're frenetic. They're like, here we go. Here we fucking go. Yeah. That, that's actually a better that's a better uh in way to end it than than i was trying oh, that was to. my ender so nice work uh <clears throat> well yeah what is this it's almost 2022 by the time this comes out it will be 2022 yeah thanks for listening to revolting i'm steve i'm robot if you have questions for us or topics you want us to pontificate on sure <laughs> uh email me stevel stevel at cycling independent or what do you got robot, robot at cycling independent cycling independent dot com yeah if you like this or any other fun stuff you find on the cycling independent website please consider a voluntary paid subscription it's currently the only way we have to pay ourselves for the price of one top ramen a day what is it's like a 89 cents or something what yeah. is ramen now yeah you could buy robot or me an entirely new <laughs> top ramen shrimp flavor <laughs> and while All you're right. at it don't forget don't forget to suck it 